Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am delighted to be with you for this podcast episode. Woo! We are in the final stretch of 2023. Can you believe it? I cannot. This year has both flown by and operated at a snail's pace. I am so looking forward to taking some time off and enjoying my family. We will be traveling to North Carolina to visit my parents and my brother and my sister is already there. So I am just really excited to have some downtime and reflect on what an incredible year it has been. So Today, we are picking back up our conversation about understanding your childhood and why it's so important. This is part two, and today we are going to be just talking more about childhood in general. The podcast last week, if you had a chance to listen, was very specific to attachment styles And it was a great precursor to the masterclass that I did last week on understanding attachment styles. If you did not get to participate in that masterclass live, no worries. The replay is available. You can still find the link to register on my website, drshavon.com, and there is a tab Attachment Styles Masterclass, you can find, just sign up there and you will have the recording delivered to your, to your inbox. I've had so much positive feedback about that masterclass. So many people were able to just understand themselves better, understand their spouses better. And I want you to have that same opportunity. So be sure to go to my website to download it. I also have wrapped up Marriage Coach Mondays. So if you didn't get a chance to participate in this 10-session free coaching call, you missed out. And I hate that you missed out because it was so valuable, just so valuable. And I loved pouring into the people that were able to call and ask questions or just call in and listen. And it was 
just equally rewarding to me and probably something I will do again in some way, shape, or form. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears open. Today, though, bringing it back home, (laughs) I, I thought about that call because we for so many people that were able to participate in the masterclass, a lot of that came up in the call that we had. And um, it was just really good to connect all of those dots. And today we are connecting the dots in a slightly different way. And I just wanted to share with you and have a conversation about what I see as like the five most important things that really sort of reflecting on and understanding your childhood better can help you, why it's important, and why it's work that you never want to skip doing. I know for myself, as I thought about my own personal growth and development, this was an area that I like just never wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole. I am a sensitive person, emotional person, and also I think God has like placed just a sensitivity to me for children my own inner child, other people's inner child. Um, I can remember once, this was before I started my coaching business, but I used to work for a nonprofit and we did um, youth development programs. And I remember visiting a school once. And as I was leaving, it was in an urban area where walking to school was just like the norm. But I remember leaving and seeing like really young kids walking by themselves and just my heart leaping out and like, oh, my gosh, they're so young to be walking by themselves. Like, are they okay? I pray that they get home safely. I pray that nothing bad happens to them. Like there is just something on the inside of me that has such a tenderness to young children. And it is also the part that even when I'm coaching my adult clients, I'm really able to tap into and hold the space for. And I love it. So this conversation today about understanding your childhood, your inner child, is just so important. And if you've listened this far, good for you. (laughs) Because I know that there's some people who will see this and just skip by it and think like, I don't have any childhood stuff that I need to look at, want to look at, am ready to look at. There is a natural hesitancy to this, especially when you don't understand connecting the dots, when you don't see all of the parallels and all of the ways that your childhood and your inner child is literally running the show in so many ways in your interactions with your spouse. So let's dive in to just five specific reasons and ways to connect the dots for yourself. The first is that your childhood really forms your self-concept. And it forms how you see yourself, what you understand about yourself. It also forms what you understand love looks like, how you expect to be treated, and what you expect life to be like, right? When you think about the environment of your home, especially in your early years when you don't know any better. It literally sets the stage 
for all of the expectations that you have. And it's just so important to know that and to look at that. So thinking back to a little bit of what we discussed with attachment styles, if your parents were kind of inconsistent in their love or their care for you, or maybe you knew your parents loved you, but maybe they were incredibly strict disciplinarians. And so you felt like you were always in trouble. You felt inadequate. You felt like they hated you sometimes with maybe how they disciplined you or how they spoke to you when you were out of obedience to them. It can be really hard, right? If you experience that hot and cold relationship with them, you ultimately learn to adapt to that. And you may be the kind of person that finds yourself in a marriage or a relationship that sort of mirrors a roller coaster because that's what you're used to. You're used to like someone loving you and then being horrible to you the next minute, right? Or if you grew up in a home where for whatever reason, Maybe it's your parents were busy working, or maybe you had a sibling that really required a lot of their times, whatever it was. If you grew up feeling unloved or unseen, you might also find yourself in a marriage where you feel the exact same way. So again, think about some of the qualities and the characteristics of the experience you may be having in your marriage now. And connect some dots and think about where does this remind me of my childhood? Where does this remind me of like what it was like and what I felt like as a child growing up in my home? Okay, so that's number one. Number two is how you are spoken to as a child becomes your own internal self-talk as well as how you talk to others. So The only way we learn what to think of ourselves or what to tell ourselves about ourselves is from what we hear from other people. And I talked about this in the Well-Made Woman workshop. That was a few weeks ago. And it was such a light bulb moment for people, especially people that struggle with a lot of negative self-talk or are overly critical or judgmental of other people. It's only because that was literally probably the air you lived and breathed. And so knowing this, right, it can help you just have an important perspective. And also now with that awareness, you can consciously decide how you want to talk to yourself, how you want to talk to other people in your life, whether it be your partner or your spouse. And I remember... You know, my husband and I, when we first met, I remember just noticing how polite his family was. And not to say that my family is not polite, (laughs) but there is kind of like an edge and like a spiciness to the way communication happens, right? Like if my parents wanted me to get something for them as a child, right? It was like, go over there and get that for me. It wasn't like, hey, would you please go get mommy's cup? And then when they bring it to you, it's like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like none of those niceties were happening. And so what I recognized is that when he and I started dating and I would just talk to him like just any old kind of way, like there were a couple of times where he was like, hey, hold on, like 
what's happening? That's not how you talk to me. And I got it, right? Like I wasn't defensive about it. I immediately saw it and caught it and adjusted because really at my core, I am an incredibly polite, considerate, maybe in on the side of more formal person in my communication. And that's really important to me. And so, you know, people comment all the time about how polite my children are, are how great manners they have, how they always say please and thank you. And I just think about how I'm currently teaching them how to talk to each other and how important that is to me, right? So all of us have the influence of our parents for good or bad in terms of like how communication happened in our households. And now we get to choose. And I'm thinking about a conversation we had today on the marriage um, coach Monday's call and someone was just commenting about how they grew up in a home too where like talking very respectfully and kind kindly to each other wasn't necessarily the norm and they weren't disciplined that way as a child and the caller has grown and evolved in that way a lot and so now she is more conscious of maybe what would be called more gentle parenting and acknowledging and validating her child's feelings and her her husband is just not all the way there yet. And so they have had, you know, some bumps in the roads trying to navigate that situation. And, you know, just part of the point that I underscored is like for her to imagine that she now gets to be like the queen CEO of kind, loving and respectful communication in her home. And what does that look like? And what if she's the one to raise the bar, but not, you know, like judge anyone else for where they are, but that she's the one that's just like literally holding the bar high by how she communicates and how she handles things. And I would just invite the same to you. Like if you're acknowledging and recognizing like, oh, the way that communication happened in my home wasn't the most loving. It wasn't the most kind. It wasn't the most filled with niceties but that's what I want now, right? Like you can create that pivot for yourself, okay? Number three is childhood is the place where you learn how to have relationship with your emotions. And I want you to think about this, like kids, they are unfiltered in their emotions. And I'm really teaching my kids emotional intelligence and my my son in particular, Like he will emote. You will know when he's happy. You will know when he's sad. You will know when he's angry and frustrated. Like he at age seven is able to distinguish between those varying, he will know when he's sad, angry, and frustrated. Those are his, you know, challenging emotions, but he's good at articulating what's actually happening for him. And I welcome those emotions. I know of you guys, again, depending on the stage of life of your children. But Daniel Tiger is a great show to help kids normalize the full spectrum of emotions. And so there's a song that's like, it's okay to be sad. And, you know, whenever he articulates whatever emotion he's experiencing, and same with my daughter as well, she's nine. And so she's having, you know, a little bit of those preteen emotions and situations and all of that stuff. But I always validate what they feel, right? I always start there with like, it's okay to feel that way. 
And for many of us, though, we didn't grow up in homes where that was the rhetoric, right? And so as children, we learned and you learned how to have a relationship with your emotion. It was either okay or not okay, right? And if you were sad or crying or had an attitude, that was not okay, right? And either it was dismissed and you were you know, yelled at or spanked or whatever by your parents for having those emotions and that thereby taught you to like either disconnect from them, right? Or you learned that you had to hide those emotions. Like you weren't as much as like trying to stuff them down, but you just felt like I can't show that here. So like, I'm going to hide when I'm feeling sad. I'm going to you know, try to soothe myself in this maybe unhealthy way because I don't have any other outlet to express my emotions, right? And I want you, as you're listening to this, to recognize that this is happening both for you and your spouse. And so if you are a person who, you know, if you are really in tune with your emotions and able to articulate and express them, but you have a partner who's not, right? Like, We know that that's just like how they were wired from childhood. They had an emotion because every child has an emotion. And I think there's actually research that talks about how young boys are actually more emotional than girls, but how boys are socialized and raised, especially my generation, right? Like I'm 46, um, that like those emotions are not okay as a young boy, like my generation and older and a little bit younger, like those things are just not okay. And so if you have a partner that really struggles to express their emotions, like we know why it's how they were wired and conditioned in childhood. And if you struggle with your own emotions, whether that's shaming yourself for how you feel Or instead of acknowledging your emotions, you project them and like blame and criticize your spouse because you don't want to feel the emotions that you feel. Just know that the stage for that was set during childhood. And I want you to think about what the difference would have been if like all of your emotions were accepted and validated. Like what would that have been like for you as a child, right? Because myself, knowing that now, like when my kids experience emotions, I'm not trying to get them out of their emotions. I'm trying to teach them the skills to cope with them and to express them appropriately, right? So when my son feels angry, he wants to stomp all over the house and slam the doors and all of that. And I'm just like, no, no, no. That's not how we express anger in this home, right? You say, I feel angry and you explain why, and then we figure it out from there. Right. Or for my daughter, you know, she's a little bit older, so I'm able to teach her coping skills of like, okay, when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and like you got an answer wrong on this homework assignment, like what do we do? How can you take care of yourself? We take deep breaths. We take a break. We have a list of affirmations (laughs) that we can tell ourselves. We have all of the coaching tools. Okay. So just know that like, some of the ways that you understand and relate to and experience your emotions are just because that's what you were taught. You were taught emotions are good or bad, right or wrong, and you can have some, but you can't have others. And 
This is so important for marriage because much of what is happening between you and your spouse is fully emotionally based. From the great times, it's all emotion, to the challenging times, it's all emotion. Like if there was no other skill or no other thing you need to look at in order to create better communication and reduce your arguments and have a more meaningful connection, it's how you manage your emotions when you're interacting with each other, right? Because when you're frustrated and you're angry, you're not handling it well, right? Otherwise, you're not arguing. So it's it's just so important. I can't stress understanding your emotions and understanding how you learned to deal with emotions in childhood. Just connecting those dots will give you so much insight and help for understanding some of the dynamics that may be going on in your marriage. All right, number four, childhood is where you develop unmet emotional needs. Ooh, this doesn't sound fun to talk about. But it's important to know, right? And I can say it from the lens of like, there is no person in the world that can meet all of your emotional needs. So let's just start there. And for many of us, like you grow up and you learn like your parents aren't perfect and your parents like missed the boat on some things and didn't handle certain situations well. And like, they're human, right? Like God is the only person that can offer us perfect love and our parents can't. And so of course, none of us survive childhood unscathed, whether that's you have some scraped knees or you have like a major scar, right? Or a significant trauma. It ranges for all of us, but there is to be expected and noted that there will be some emotional needs that don't get met fully. There's no parent that's perfect that's pouring into your cup 100% all the time the way you need it filled up, right? Even for me, like my kids have very different temperaments and they have very different like love languages and I'm recognizing like my need to adjust and I'm like trying to fill my daughter's love tank because hers is a little bit different than mine. Yet I know that I'm missing it. I know that there's some emotional needs that she has that I'm just not going to nail all the time. And same for your parents. And so some of those emotional needs, just if you're curious about them, are children need the, they need acceptance They need affirmation, appreciation, encouragement, respect, which we don't think about very often, security, support, attention, comfort, and validation. Those are the main emotional needs that I teach on inside my coaching programs. And so those are the ones that I think are most important. So as you listen to that list, and I'll say it again, think about where you feel like you have the biggest deficit, okay? So acceptance, affirmation, appreciation, encouragement, respect, security, support, attention, comfort, and validation. Now, wherever you experience gaps in your childhood, unknowingly, right? Because you don't know what you're missing (laughs) until you figure it out, right? So a lot of times what happens is you we have those gaps and then we learn ways of coping that become ingrained in us, 
right? So for many of my clients, it's just their automatic response to that need not being met. So if you didn't feel accepted, for example, you may carry a lot of thoughts of feeling judged and rejected a lot. Like that may be just the lens with which you see a lot of things, whether it's actually happening or not. You're like on edge about it because it's ingrained in you because your emotional thermostat and your emotional experience was one where that wasn't plentiful for you, right? So another is like if you didn't receive a lot of affirmation and praise and appreciation as a child, you might find yourself now as an adult either really striving for that from other people being in what's considered like the people-pleasing lane Or you may just have this like nagging sense of inadequacy of like nothing I do is ever good enough, right? And what you want to know as you look back on your childhood and maybe whatever emotional needs weren't met is that it is in your marriage that these are the needs that get triggered for you the most. And they're calling for your attention to be healed, And so the work is instead of like immediately going to your spouse and trying to get your spouse to meet your need, you want to start doing some of that self-soothing work on your own to meet your needs. It's so important. And I remember I was reading this book. It's by Leslie Varnick, I believe is her last name. But the, the title of the book is like how to act right when your spouse acts wrong. And I don't know when the book was written. I can't remember. But there's some things that I think are really valuable and valid and some things that I like, hmm, I kind of see it a little differently. I might coach it a little differently. So if you hear me say that book and then you go read it, like just know like it's mixed results. But what I can say is that there was this chapter about triggers and there was this one section where she talks about how to handle triggers and how Triggers are showing you where you need healing. And I remember listening to that part like, gosh, probably 20 times because I was like, I need to get this again. I need to really understand this. I really need to see how this is true because I know trying to address my triggers in this other way or my clients trying to address their triggers in this other way is not working. So just remember, like your triggers are just signals for your healing to go inside of yourself and find like, what's the matter? What are you trying to get met here, right? And to remember that you're the best person to do that. Now, you may still ultimately have a conversation with your spouse, but it's going to be from a very different place than if you are just immediately triggered and then you're reactive and you go straight to them, okay? All right, the fifth thing in terms of why it's so important to understand your childhood is, and I alluded to this before, your inner child is running the show. When you are in conflict, when you are feeling disconnected from your partner, when you are unhappy in your marriage, when you are triggered, that is your inner child. And that's the part of you that's feeling hurt and the part of you that might even, especially if you're like lean in the land of resentment and then like kind of punish your partner because of that, 
that's the part of you that's kind of petty or the part of you that knows that you could reach out, you could apologize, you could try to repair or you could voice your needs and concerns in a better way, but is not going to do it, right? It's kind of like that resistant part of yourself. And that's really the part that when we really dig deep, the part of you that's afraid of being vulnerable, the part of you part of you that's afraid of giving too much or the part of you that's really scared and fearing abandonment, right? So most times what we can find, and this is just fascinating for you to think about, like when you are out of pocket in your marriage, whether that's you're like, lashing out at your spouse or you're shutting down or you're arguing or whatever it is, I want you to just try, maybe not in the moment, but later in your own reflection time, think about what that felt like for you and your earliest memory of feeling that same way, right? Because there's an age, there's an age associated with your trigger and how it comes out And a lot of times what we find is that the way you react in an argument or conflict is usually mirrors or representative of the age where you first experienced those emotional triggers, right? So I remember working with a client who had a really hard time around age eight. And so a lot of her reactions in her marriage would be like how an eight-year-old would handle it. Right. And so there's this concept in coaching called um, emotional childhood. Right. Which is really just a fancy way of saying like you're being really immature. But that's what's happening when you and your spouse are arguing or aren't working together. Like there is a level of emotional immaturity happening. And if you connect the dots well enough, you'll find like what age you're being. So I hope that I have just surfaced what a wealth of information and what a valuable, like worthwhile endeavor it is to begin to connect some of the dots. Now, when I do this with my clients, it's connecting the dots from the perspective of having insight and awareness and moving yourself forward versus going back to like re-traumatize yourself or sit in sadness and regret and grief for what your childhood may or may not have been, right? It's really just getting to the deepest roots of what's going on so you can actually move forward in the most effective way possible. So I trust that this has been valuable and helpful for you. And I'll just let you know, right? Like this is the work This is part of the work I do with my clients in all of my coaching programs, whether you're working with me as a couple, privately, or in my program, The Marriage Upgrade, whether you are a woman working with me privately in coaching or in my program, The Well-Made Woman, all of this is available to you, all of this insight, all of the tools that are associated with moving through some of this, right? Like we don't want to just uncover our unmet needs for the sake of like opening up a wound and not healing it, right? You actually get the tools to create closure, to move yourself forward, to have 
a different narrative around even some of the most challenging experiences you might have had as a child and to move yourself forward in the direction that you now as the adult get to chart the course for, right? Like you are in charge now. And so we want to equip you with the best tools so you can lead yourself in the highest way possible. And that is my invitation to you with coaching with me, right? Like you will get the mindset, the skills, and the tools to first have a better experience of yourself with yourself, right? There's a lot of unlearning many of us need to do that was sort of like programmed into us in childhood. And so you get to unlearn all of the things that are not serving you personally for feeling the way that you want to feel. You get to unlearn all of the things that has you constantly feeling so weighed down and so heavy and so negative about everything. You get to unlearn those communication tactics and ways that you picked up along the way that keep you in conflict, keep you not being heard, keep you feeling like you are in one room and your partner is in a different room, right? You get to bridge those gaps. And I would be honored to support you in doing that work. So this is the time. We are wrapping up an entire year. We are starting 2024 in the blink of an eye. And if you know for sure you want to experience real change, that you don't want to come to this time next year feeling the same way, stuck in the same situation, struggling with the same things, I want to invite you to have a draw a line in the sand moment and to get the tools and the help and the support that you need to genuinely change your life. That is my offer to you. And you can find out all of the ways to work with me on my website, drshavon.com. I would love, love, love to talk with you and hear what you want to create and to show you exactly how we can do that together. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to wish you the merriest of Christmases, a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And I'll be back with you next week for another episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you've loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.